HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Nettle Meadow Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing, taking place on Saturday, June 18th at Nettle Meadow Farm. For more information, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. I'm Erin Fairbanks, host of The Farm Report. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. America has too much cheese. You may have heard about this, but we've accumulated the largest stockpiles of cheese here in the U.S. since the 80s. There are a lot of factors that have contributed to this glut. An oversupply of milk, plunging prices, and a weakened euro have helped make European cheese attractive to markets in Asia, the Middle East, and here in the U.S. According to the European Commission, imports of butter from the EU to the U.S. doubled last year, while cheese imports climbed by 17%. With that in mind, hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Greg Blaze, and I'm here with Andrea Berti, Senior Product Manager at Atalanta Corporation and board member at the Cheese Importers Association of America. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about importing cheese to the U.S., Andrea. Thanks for having me, Greg. Cool. Let me tell you how pleased I am. It's so exciting to be here. I love you to know, talk to you, man. I mean, it's... <laughs> You're we my go buddy. back. We go back a few years, so yeah. it's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I finally get to record our conversations. That might not be so right. good for you. I don't know if that's going to be good, but we'll see. We'll take a chance. <laughs> so I'd like to start off by talking about the Cheese Importers Association of America. I don't know that many of our listeners have heard of it. Um, you know, we want to go. What is the organization all about? So the Cheese Import Association of America, it's an old organization. Uh, it was founded in 1945, right, right after the Second World War, like many other you know, international organizations. But the purpose of the organization is really to facilitate trade, you know, to connect cheese producers overseas to consumers here in the United States. So um, that's, that, that's basically the main goal of what we do. You know, what does that mean? You know, we really deal with uh, a lot of uh, government agencies, you know, USDA, that sets the tariffs and the quotas for the cheeses, and, uh, you know, also the FDA so, and to, to provide safety. So we want to provide an efficient supply chain 
and products in a safe way, and also a variety of products that is interesting for the U.S. Uh, consumers. You know, you think many times, sorry to interrupt you, Gary, but, uh, you know, we live in a free, free trade, free, you know, in reality, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of regulations that you have to know and you have to uh, be part of it if you want to be part of this uh, commerce, you know. Absolutely. I mean, there's a ton of back of house work. I mean, I'm a retailer, so, you know, my my goal is just to get the cheese to me quickly. You know, I don't, right. you know, a lot of times it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't have time to go through a lot of the machinations, those real back of house machinations, you know. Um, and I can only imagine that, you know, you know, that that, that organization was founded to provide that support, you know, because uh, us shopkeepers are, are kind of simple. You know, we don't we don't understand, you know, all of the all of the intricacies of, of those foreign markets and uh, and our domestic market and how it comes together. Um, do you know uh, how your organization has changed and evolved since it's been founded? Yeah, you know, really, while the the main goal stayed the same, you know, the organization really, really changed in a way that, you know, it provided a, a constant growth to, 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 to their members, you know. So it provided a, a platform of business to be, you know, to be, to be developed. So the importers, the distributors, the, the, the people that were affected by, by the work really had a chance to build their own business and, and to create a successful way of importing cheese. You know, I don't know if many people know, but, you know, the, the first barrier into a market, you know, in, in, in our business, you know, where, where we talk small producers, it's really the importer. The importer is the um, first uh, uh, person dealing with the producers, but also the first person dealing, dealing with the country where the product will be sold. So it's the so first gatekeeper, really. First gatekeeper, and that's the key role and that, that it was, was always the key of that, you know, for that how, organization. How big is the board? How big is it? Was it the in board, its inception, and then how big is it now? I think it was, uh, when it was founded, it was about eight members. Now we're about 20, 22 members. It's... Uh, it's really the main, the main importers and the main players in the industry are represented. Has Atalanta Corporation always been a member since its inception? We we were not since the inception, but we we became a member right after that. You know, because Atalanta is a huge company. I mean, yeah. you, you import all sorts of goods, and not only from Europe, you import from from other markets as well, too. Yeah, that's correct. You know, we import from uh, about sixty over sixty countries, so we, we all obviously go beyond cheese you know so it's fun you know meats uh grocery you know artichokes you know south america is a big but also china thailand tuna um very very interesting variety of products and that you know funny enough the same year the uh, cheese import association was founded was the same year atalanta was founded in 1945 you know and uh, yeah so it's been uh, it's been going on for a while so you would you say that it you know so so you say the the organization it engages i mean it's there yeah. to promote trade um so does it go to let's say uh, you have a producer let's say you're traveling as a a cheesemonger you're lucky enough yeah. to be to be traveling and you or you're you're over in in a food show like Chibas or the Salon del Gusto um and you find a cheese that you like that you want to bring in um is your job then to sort of go and make sure that all of their paperwork is lined up so that they can export and thusly import the cheese? You work with the FDA, you work with the USDA, uh, you work with all of those institutions to make sure the paperwork's in line? Yeah, you couldn't have said it better. It's, that's absolutely the case. You know, you are the one responsible. Can you do it? Like, yeah, you know, you want uh, the 
artisanal cheese from the mountains of right. you know southern France, right? And uh, you know we are the ones answering the question: Can you do it? Is right. it safe? And is it legal? You know, right. And, That's and the big how, thing. And how to do it? How to do it? How to do it? Which is the you know is it logistical? You know. How do you know? How does that work? And that's kind of what we do. And uh, so let's say happen. let's say I'm that I'm that producer. Yeah. Um, and and I I have cheese and I want to sell it in America. Um, what's the first thing that you're going to ask me for as a member of yeah. the of the importers association? And is there an export group that you have to work with in a country, say like Italy or France, to jump that start that too? There could be an export group. There could be a direct relationship with with with, with the producer. But in that case, if I communicate directly with the producer, I, I did my homework before and I already identified if there's uh, an opportunity of, of, of an importation of that product. So at that point, it becomes really more commercial. You know, right. why is your product unique what, and, and how it fits in the, the American market? And uh, I always look for uniqueness in product. You know, right. even, even, even in products, they are known to the American market. I mean, we we uh, you know together we uh, we enjoyed selling cheeses. Even you know in Italy, for example, Parmigiano Reggiano is the most known right. and the best selling cheese. But there are different Parmigiano Reggianos, right? There can be a dairy that is unique, that is different, that did something different to the product, that uses a, a different type of milk, <coughs> uses a different breed for for the cows, and then these are the interesting things. That, that we look for in a, in a, in a cheese producer, but you but you get all the, the numbers in line. You get all the paperwork in line. That's you, right. You make sure that, that the FDA isn't going to stop. You're going to go through all this work, and you're going to get this cheese to um, to customs in the United States. And they're going to be like, "Sorry, can't do it." Yeah, not only that. I mean, we obviously you know you have to get the 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 paper in line. But if we suggest legislation. To Washington, to the FDA, to 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 the USDA. Yeah, you know, like raw milk cheeses. You know, like we we provide, uh, we support organizations that um, provide white paper. You know, so studies to say that the product is safe. You know, so we we take a stand on where we think you know products can be can be exported or not, and 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 we share. And you provide your own science. Absolutely. To and the FDA. To, yes, we we share our opinions. To, to to the FDA or to or to the uh, or to the government agency that are that are in do place. they listen? Do you get a lot of pushback from those organizations? We we, we have some you know it, it's very it's very political. So think right. about years, think about time. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, we, we get we get some we we have uh, yeah we have uh, we have some sort of a, of a dialogue. I have to say, yeah, yeah I mean. So, it- so, so in, in issues like, say, like wood boards issue, importing, yeah. you know, for a second we were, we were not going to be able to bring in cheese for wood boards. Did you get involved in that to facilitate uh, that um, to go away or to try to make it go uh, away? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, – um, yeah, that's exactly that's, – that's a perfect example, right? So you, you want to be – you know, as an importer and as a member of an association that facilitates the import and the trade, you know, I want to make sure we bring – you know as many products as we can in a safe way and we provide sure. information that you know uh those types of cheeses that were mostly raw milk cheeses aged in wooden board and if you think about it it's basically uh all the major uh yeah everything cheeses was up for grabs we, there yeah that, that that so we we pointed it out immediately uh and uh, and, and that was uh, was an example you know now there's a lot of talk about raw milk cheese you know do we want to stop 
eating raw milk cheese? No. Do we want to have raw milk cheese in a safe way? Yes. Right. That's our answer. So how do we do that? You know, what's the science behind it? You know, beyond the talk, you know, and... Yeah, and you provide hard data to make sure trade is facilitated. How did, how did you personally get involved with the Cheese, Associate, Cheese Importers Association of America? You know, you have to be... You know, I, I, I've been working What's for your story? Long. What's your story as a cheese uh, importer? My cheese. I mean, you're a behind-the-scenes guy. Like, we know you. I know you because we've done a lot of good work together. And uh, and also, you're you're a reserved man. You're not, a, you know, I know you well. So, I mean, what, what's your what's your deal, man? No, I mean, look, I've been uh, working in this industry for about 10 years, right? Uh-huh. So, but my deal, my deal is the passion that I have for food that always drove me, drove my choices. But, you know, I, I grew up in, in a small town in Italy, northern Italy. And, uh, and uh, you know, my parents, you know, believe it or not, had a specialty store. So I grew up in food, selling food, talking about food to people. And I remember my summers, hey, come down and help out for a couple of months. And, uh, and that was my, you know, those were my days. And, uh, you know, and uh, so that, that actually drove my passion. That's yeah. what drives me today. And uh, and I've stayed in the same niche. I like to say, you know, I, I've been doing the same thing forever. You know, and, that's great. And but but in specifically here in the U.S. So about ten years. So I moved to the U.S. about ten years ago. I've been doing this for you know the same work. You know, started from uh, uh, through an internship with uh, with Atlanta. And yeah, how did you come to work for them? It's really, you know, I, I did some uh, that, you know, I graduated at University of Bologna, uh-huh. which is uh, in, uh, in an agriculture and economics program. So I had some connections. You know, my, my major was in international trade. So when it was time to look Sounds for right. work, you know, it made sense to look for uh, companies that were importing uh, products into the U.S. And, uh, and cheese is a big part. You know, I was just looking at some data from the Specialty Food Association and uh, uh, in uh, I got data from 2014 was 109 billion dollars in uh, in specialty food. It's a little bit of cheese or a little and, specialty but, food. Yeah, right, but the number so. one uh, category is cheese. Sure. Amongst the specialty food and and that's you know it's it's a definition. I'm, I'm sure there are uh, different opinions on the definition, but that's uh, you know and and che- so cheese is, is is an important part. You know, meat was number three. I think coffee was number two, but. Um, you know, these are the products that, you know, that also excite people. Like, you know, it, it's... You well, know, they, they were the products that you grew up around, right? I absolutely, mean, yeah. And so yeah. You, had, you had an interest in... Uh, I, I, I'm a lucky guy. I, I've always been able to do what I like. You know, I've always yeah. wanted to work with cheese, and I did. And it sounds like you it was the same for you, you know? You're, you're, and, and having uh, your language skills, you know what I mean? Being, you come over to the United States, you speak fluent English and Italian. Yeah, man, they, they love you. You can go back, talk to those producers, tell them to get their stuff over here. You know what I mean? I'm sure they loved you right from the beginning. Look, it's fun. It's fun. When you can connect to, uh, yeah. to cultures and, and you see a product that is made so far away, but there's some way to communicate why and how. And you know that's really really fun. I mean, yeah, that's the stuff, nice, man. That's the best know. stuff. When did you join the the Cheese Importers Association? Um, it was just a few months ago. I was nominated. So oh, that's fantastic! Like, yeah, yeah, only so your peers chose you for that job. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so awesome. They, yeah, so we uh, we you know inside my organization we they decided to name me and. So it was a great honor. It was a great honor. That's fantastic. Um, before we go into the break, if folks want to learn more about the Cheese Importers Association of America, how would they do that? Well, we have a website, you know, CIAA.org. And uh, so you can look at our mission statements there. And, and uh, we, we, we put together there what we do. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's really a trade-oriented organization. 
But, uh, you know, for buyers in the food industry, we sometimes we finance trips uh, to, to the food shows to learn about cheeses. And uh, at the same time, not right now, actually, we're doing an internship program with uh, uh, within our companies where we give a chance to, to uh, uh, graduates, you know, to come work for us for about uh, for a few months in the summer. And uh, so that's another thing, right? We want to build expertise around the industry. Yeah, you want people how. to know about this. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So. That's great. Well, congratulations on that. I'm glad that you're a member, you know, because you're my friend. Maybe you can do something for me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's be good for you. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come right back, talk to Andrea about some more cheesy stuff. We'll be right back. celebration of good food and beverages in the newly restored barn loft event venue at Nettle Meadow Farm in Thurman, New York. On Saturday, June 18th, come sample and savor, then buy your favorite cheeses and beverages to take home. Nettle Meadow cheeses have been praised highly in national media and have won prestigious awards from the American Cheese Society. Taste samples of goat and sheep cheeses paired with an array of local regional wines, beers, and ciders. You'll never forget your first sample of rich, creamy Kunick, Nettle Meadows' trademark cheese. In Esquire, our very own Ann Saxelby said Kunick. It may very well be the sexiest cheese in the USA. Nettle Meadow Farm is a goat and sheep dairy and cheese company in Thurman, New York, just below Crane Mountain in the Adirondacks between Gore Mountain, North Creek, and Warrensburg. It's owned and operated by Lorraine Limbiase and Sheila Flanagan. Both have a great love of animals, artisan cheese, and the unique challenges of farm life. Nettle Meadow Farm was originally founded in 1990, and it's the home of over 300 goats, dozens of sheep, and a variety of farm sanctuary animals. Again, the Cheese and Spirits pairing is Saturday, June 18th. For more information and tickets, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. We're back on Cutting the Curd. I'm here with Andrea Berti, and we've been talking about the Cheese Importers Association. Uh, for this next part of the episode, we're going to focus in and uh, talk about some hot topics in cheese importation. Hot topics, right. Andrea. I want to get topics. your opinion on this, too. Oh, right? yeah. I'm sure right. you do. Right. I'm sure you do. But I'm asking the questions All in right. here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a difficult spot here. <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that cheese imports from Europe are up um, – 17% uh, from last year. That's a lot of cheese. What do you attribute that to solely? Or Well, you know, it, it's really, uh, you know, 17% is a great number. but It's a lot of cheese. It's a lot of cheese, but I, I don't see it stopping. You know, I see the trend uh, continuing that way. It's, uh, it's really a, a golden era for, for, for cheese and imports in general. I mean, it's, it's, people are more interested in food. I mean, you can put it the way you want, but that's a reality. But why are we buying so much cheese from outside the United States? We make a ton of cheese here. I think in general there's more interest in cheese because cheeses have stories, you know. Cheeses have stories. You know, European have, have older, you know, you know, stories. It's easier that way to tell. So I think there's a little more romance that that is attributed to, to those cheeses. But uh, I, I see 
you know, gr- you know, personally, I think gr- I see growth in the, in uh, cheese produced in the U.S. as well as cheese import. Yeah, I mean, I don't see one competing with the other. Actually, I think that's a great opportunity to build a stronger market that way. Do you see because Atalanta is large and it sells to yeah. larger chains? Do you see um, European cheese going to two? Food to food to food chains that you never saw before, like large supermarket chains in the U.S. Are they investing in like Parmigiano or Raclette or just the, the or any name controlled cheeses that are made at an industrial level out of Europe? Yeah, yeah, that's exa- that's exactly the case. So, what what was ethnical before, it's becoming mass because mainstream, mainstream, and and uh, and but not not in a neg- negative. No, way. no, no, I mean, no. It's, it's just yeah, what it is. It is what it is. I mean, you you really don't have to go to. You know, so you're saying us, our che- us cheesemongers did a lot of hard work, and now those grocery stores are co-opting our hard well, work and putting well, that stuff on the shelf? Is that what's now, happening? Now you have to come up with something new. Really? You know, and you keep evolving, but you've been doing it every year anyway. You know, sure. Your selection changes every year. Sure. So you'll be the innovator. You'll be the one looking for what's new, and they'll come to look at you for for their selection so you'll be you know you as a cheese market you know like even company like italy or or will be that you know will be the the game changer yeah will be what's new will be the uh and retailers will come and and we'll do some of that too but you will definitely uh follow the trends uh, a little more but uh but i definitely see a, a lot of large retailers in the states now doing a lot of promotions focused on countries that's uh, great spain you know spain is a whole country uh, Italy is still still right. going strong, you know. France, obviously, for for, for the cheese world. And, and as long as as long as those stores are also buying locally from the American producers, then I'm all for it. I like yeah. that they, that people have rediscovered. Like that when I first started being a cheesemonger, they rediscovered, you know, that cheeses like from France or Spain or Italy that are classic name controlled cheeses that right. sort of get lost in the. They're not as trendy amongst specialty shops anymore. But they still have this market um, in, in a larger supermarket. I think that's pretty cool. But I want to add something to that. You know, there are a lot of companies, uh, you know, they're also producers, you know, importers that are also producers. So there right. are companies in the U.S. You know, it's not the case of Atlanta, but there are a lot of importers there. Are, so they're buying they their to, own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, they're, and they're, so they're interested in that, too, you know. It's, sure. It's, 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 they promote the so dairies cool. they own, you know. And I see that. I see that. Uh, I see some of them purchasing dairies here Absolutely. in the United That's States. A big you know, I mean, Roth pur- purchasing dairies in the U.S. and also they own dairies in Europe, and they own the distribution in between. I don't know what I, I don't know what that. That's a little. That's a little crazy. But or to me that. That's a that's a different kind of economics, but um, so yes. look without distribution, you know, it's going to be hard to 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 you know to, to create a business that is well, yeah, suitable. Got to get the stuff to and fro. You, yeah, and and you got to show it to to as many people as you as you as you as you can. Right, and you have to have your administrative arm, the Cheese Importers Association of America, make sure all that paperwork is in line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what are the hot topics right now in importing cheese? Like, what is um, you know, is it FDA regulations, inspections, or is there a lot of inspections right now? Yeah, uh, yeah there's they, a lot of inspections. What are they hitting you up for? What, what's going on? Well, it, it, this is it was a major uh, rewriting of the law. You know, there's a new law that came out. It's it's kind of a boring, but I'll try to say it in you know in two words. You know, it's called FSMA, Food Safety. Yeah, yeah. we discuss that on the show sometimes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, everybody is is getting uh, the paperwork together. It starts in September. I think we have until May to comply. 
and uh, basically it it's, uh, puts a lot of burden on uh, on us and on the producers to have third party audits to to follow a certain um, you know to to document everything in terms of uh, ASIP so super control, transparent super transparent you know for where you get your your ingredients and and the allergen control. And obviously, there's uh, there's a lot of risk in making cheese, so uh, that's uh, that's has to be. Has yeah, to I mean, be things are regulated against now, like like carbons, right? I mean, like a, like a charcoal and and uh, and things like that, right? Ashes, right, are yeah. are all part of that new uh, that new set of legislation that's coming out, right? People have to change the way that they coat and wrap and package and right. label everything. Yeah, and and every everything has to make sense. You know, it has to be. When you say that, what do you mean? It, it has to be in a con, you know contro, you know let's say it's all controlled environment or in a controlled environment, or, or you have to prove there is a safe way of 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 making cheese, and and that's basically what uh, what 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 is required. And the best way of doing that is through you know not me telling you, but a third party that follows certain right. you know regulations, you know univer- universally recognized regulations. Uh, to do it, you know, there are third-party auditors that can tell you, "Hey, look, why don't you go this way instead of this way when you do this, so you avoid uh, a cross-contamination." And, uh, and do the producers trust those people? Well, th- this these are, uh, yeah, I mean, these are universal regulations. There, are you know, a lot of countries in Italy and Switzerland, you know, having an ASI plan is mandatory. Yeah, by, by which law. is great. I mean, and, yeah, a lot of governments get involved with these uh, regulations. You know, a lot. Of, you know, remember, a lot of the farming, you know, in, in the world is regulated, and uh, it's, it's government. Uh, uh, you know, controlled. So there, there's a lot of uh, involvement of government agencies that way too. And and look, the the, the good part about this is is uh, you know we're not selling a product uh, that is like a soda or anything. You really really think the supply chain involved, right? A cheese is uh, uh, you know where you get your milk from. You know that's are, the, that's it. That's everything. Who, who are those forty farmers? Right. Or one farmer? Right. Or three farmers? Where you get the raw material, right? You know how you analyze it, or or and and I'm I'm going I'm going beyond the the safety, but also that's important stuff, though. Also, that's, that's it. You as a cheesemonger, don't you want to know? I do. All I those do. details, don't you want to know that that dairy buys the milk from those farmers? And those farmers follow certain regulations. I do. Also, beyond safety, maybe they feed the animals only grass. They don't use grains. You, know, you want to make and sure those animals are happy, giving good stuff. Exactly. How cool is that? Well, it is, and it, 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 it explains a lot to cheesemongers because when when I feel like now there's more information than there ever was. But let's say you have a recall, you know, or you have a problem, a safety problem. And uh, and people people want to rail against them. They say, "We well, see that's what happens. That's what happens when you have raw milk cheese, and well, it's not safe." But in reality, it's not that. A lot of times, those problems, in my experience from talking to people like you, come because they, the milk isn't sourced from from places that regulate it, and it's all thrown together, and it's all flash pasteurized, and you know, and and some of that bad bacteria lives. Exactly, it's a lot easier to control. Uh, uh you know, a farmstead company than a company that buys milk from, from different, yeah, from different farms, right. right? If you can, the more you control, the easier it is to, right. to prove it and to control it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, I, I'm uh, I'm optimistic by nature. Right? I love so, that. So I, you know, I, I like transparency. You know, this is helping everybody, 
and and you you know you you guys you know we all love cheese right we all love learning about products right this, this is a big opportunity to learn even more about the products and why those products are so unique and so so different absolutely and and i mean why I like to work with you and why why I think you like to work with people like me is because we're a sentinel. So I will push back against you because I want what I want, you know, and and you will you do your best to get that to me because it facilitates good business, but only in those lasting, sustainable ways where you can trace everything. So I don't say, hey, I need this stuff. Just get it for me. Come on. And you're like, all right, and you give in. And then there's a part of it that hasn't been accounted for something happens and everybody loses out. And I think as a younger professional, I used to not care about that as much because I didn't see the consequence of it. But as I grow in my industry, I realize that those are so that the, the, those things are so important and, and to adhere to those rules and standards are really what makes our industry sustainable as a whole. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, what is the biggest challenge for you as a cheese importer? To me, it's really continue to be different. Right, it's it's easy to to settle and and in selling what works, but I I don't think that's sustainable in the long term. You know, like you want to be different, you want to be innovative. So the the research of innovation is what um what's 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 my, that's what my challenge. That's also what's the the driving force. And you mean that in terms of your products? Like, how yeah. do you source Andrea Berti, right. your product manager? How do you go about sourcing product for Atalanta? So first of all. I, I like to have new products every year, right? right. So, so you know, in, in about a month, we'll have the Fancy Food Show, which is probably the biggest event we do for specialty products. And what is the first question that I get asked? What's new this year? Sure, of course. You know, that's 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 what demand, can I get right? that no one else has? Right. What that's the demand exactly. What 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 do you have that nobody else has? Right. Or what what can I get that I can be the only one or the first one? And you know that's that's the key. That's that's the <coughs> specialty side of the industry. That's the innovative side of the industry. That's and that's what the conversation. You know, that's what the conversation is about. That's also the biggest challenge. So that's your biggest challenge. What you look for um, when you are sourcing cheese? Do you look for like so when you go to a, when you go to a producer, which you visit? How do you get do you, do you get those leads by wandering around the food show? Do you go back to your region? Do you have do you get those by word of mouth? Um, do you tend to? I mean, I know you have to deal with some larger producers at Atlanta, right. but but I, I know through our business together that you also like to support the smaller ones. Is it a challenge for you to get the smaller people to adhere to all of those HACCP plans and getting their FDA number and paying the and understanding that putting the money into to doing those things is of a value to them? It is a challenge, but it's the only way. So I think everybody understands that, and and that's uh, and and it's happening. It's really happening. We don't have less cheeses than than the previous year. We have more cheese. Yeah. We have more opportunities. So uh, that, that to me, that's that's the answer. So have you seen demand like change drastically in the U.S. in the ten years that you've been doing this? Absolutely, absolutely. I've seen the market becoming going from ethnic and. Uh, to, to, like cheese to is considered an ethnic food, is what you're right, saying. Right, right. Um, a lot it's of a cheese weird is word. Not, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I've seen uh, major, major changes, uh, in, especially in the retail world, but also in, in the in the restaurant business, the food service world. I see a lot of people more interested in in, in their their ingredients and, and what they use for their food and the flavors. But yeah, it's but but the biggest thing biggest thing is from ethnic. To retail, to to 
So it's come out of this one aisle in the grocery store mentality, and it's more integrated into into an overall selection. And chefs are starting to look at their ingredients in terms of – or restaurants are starting to look at cheese as something that's not – Buy as much of it as you can for as cheap as you can. They're actually caring about where it comes from now more. Yeah, absolutely. And even larger restaurant chains that you that you may deal with. Yeah, even larger restaurant chains. You know, we, we definitely, definitely. You know, you, you can talk about you know going from uh, Parmesan to Parmigiano Reggiano. Right, 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 right. right. You know, going from the and having the people authentic. you're talking to actually know what that means must be pretty satisfying for you as a person who comes from a place where cheese is part of your culture right. and has been for a long time. That must be very heartening to you to see uh, people who didn't know that they know now. That, mean, that means we're winning. Yeah, that, that means that something stucks with, you know, stuck, you know, with, with the message and, and the message is just the right message. And, you know, it's really about, you know, diversity and, and choices. You know, I, I think the bottom line in the food industry, you know, with we always talk about foodies, we'll, we talk about millennials. It's about choices. It's about information. It's about quality right. in a broader, in a broader sense. And those choices, you know, grew in this uh, in this past ten years. You know, too. That's fantastic. So I got one last question for you. At the ACS conference last year, uh, Kathy Strange of Whole Foods mentioned that some of the next hot topics in cheese are going to include large animal impact, sustainability, and GMOs. Do you see or anticipate these issues affecting cheese importing? Or what do you anticipate future issues or challenges being for your industry? Well, I th- I think that that's uh, uh, that, yeah I, I I definitely agree with that. I mean I I see it's the same industry right we're in, so I can see the same things. But I can see another value in knowing as a consumer that a certain product is made in a sustainable way, that not hormones or antibiotics or GMOs are not used. So the communication of that and, and the trustability of that is definitely a trend and, and it's happening. You know, we, 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 we get is it a trend or is it something that's going to last? Are people going to always care or is it something that they're just going to care about for a while? I think that it will always care. So it's an evolution then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh. think so. I think so. I think animal welfare, uh, GMOs, not being against or for, but knowing – GMO, yes. Knowing no. what it is, having Knowing the ability to is. make a choice on it. You make a choice on it. I'll tell you what it is. Um, hormones, animal, hormone-free products. I think those are important topics. I, I, I personally feel very close to those topics. I think I make a point of telling consumers and, and people in the trade, okay, this is done in a certain way, and, and I think they listen and, and they want to know. And, and look, consumers want to know that. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. And I'm one of your customers, and I'm glad that you provide me with that information. We're happy to have you on the show, Andrea, and I'm so happy to work with you. You're such a straight shooter, and uh, just been a pleasure these years to help build the Italy counters with you. And uh, I really, really hope that we can do more good work and, uh, and grow our industry in the future. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Be sure to stay tuned next week for more Cutting the Curd. Take care. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been a great pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.